This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is April 23rd, 2019, and this is Tuesday's edition of On the Hop. baseball enthusiasts welcome to on the hop a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league one step closer to the weekend let's get to it philly's new darling bryce harper was ejected from last night's game for shouting at home plate umpire mark carlson in the top of the fourth and the phillies down two to one to the mets harper was called out on strikes he was already upset due to a high pitch that was called a strike on the second pitch of his at bat After retiring to the dugout, he proceeded to watch the at-bat of teammate Cesar Hernandez, in which a similarly high pitch out of the strike zone was also called for a strike. Harper starts barking. Carlson tosses him. Phillies manager Kapler stormed onto the field, objecting to his player being tossed from the dugout. Harper runs onto the field in his best George Brett impression. Kapler actually shoves Harper back so that he doesn't intentionally bump the man in blue, and then it sizzles back from there. Now I'm curious why Harper gets tossed from the dugout. But Kapler, who was just as irate and animated, was allowed to stay in the game. Now, obviously, Harper would have been ejected for coming onto the field like a bat out of hell, but he did that because he was already tossed. I know that managers get a little more leeway when arguing with umpires, but I just don't know. And here's where I speculate. Pure speculation here, folks. Just like there are certain umpires that players just really don't like, that list is getting larger and larger by how things are going at the beginning of this year, but I'm also sure that there are certain players that the umpires don't care for as well, and Bryce Harper is one of them. Harper said, these games matter. It doesn't even matter. They matter now. They matter in September. Go out tomorrow and try to win a ball game. I'm usually 0-100 to anyways, but like I said, can't happen. Got to be there for our team and organization and fans. I'm not entirely sure what he means by can't happen since it seems like he's speaking in text messages. Is he talking about the umpire tossing him can't happen? Him getting tossed can't happen. Those calls can't happen. I don't know. Either way, teammate Jake Arietta was actually certainly clear on his thoughts about the incident. Look, I mean, he's got to understand. We need him in right field. I don't care how bad the umpire is. He wasn't great for either side. I'm out there trying to make pitches, and he misses some calls. So what? We need him out there. We were flat from start to finish. Two-hour delay, it doesn't matter. We have to be ready to play. We weren't, and it showed. The dugout was flat, the defense wasn't good, didn't throw the ball well as a staff overall, we got beat. We started at 8.45, I don't think our guys were ready to play, we've got to come out tomorrow ready to play. It's troubling, yeah, I'm out there doing everything I can to win a game. I need my guys behind me, and they weren't. Doesn't get more clear than that. Following up with something I posted on Twitter yesterday, Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman had words for Indians pitcher Trevor Bauer concerning odd comments that Bauer had about his outing against the Braves on Saturday. Here's what Bauer had to say, according to MLB.com. It didn't seem like they wanted to hit tonight, said Bauer, who went six and a third innings and held the Braves two runs on three hits with two outs and 10 strikeouts, but used 120 pitches. 
it seemed like they were looking to take pitches and foul pitches off. You've got to give them credit. They made me throw a lot of pitches, and they made me get out of the game in the seventh instead of the eighth or the ninth. So I guess good job on their approach to them. You really need to listen to the post-game interview. It's, it's very interesting. Bauer looked very disinterested, and his tone while answering questions was almost salty, just bitter, almost like he knows he did well and is pissed because his team couldn't hold the lead but deflected that anger toward the Braves. Freddie Freeman, Braves first baseman, responded in this way. We heard that. It makes no sense. I don't think he even knows what he is saying. It's 40 degrees out. He's a good pitcher, and we're going to try to work you. I think we're usually one of the most free-swinging teams there is. I think that comment is just, he hasn't done his research. He continues, if it was 80 degrees, I think a lot of us would have hit some pitches, but it was 40. We were just trying to grind and grind and grind. He's a good pitcher. I don't know if he gave the right compliment to our team, but that's him, and he can say whatever he wants. Now, I know I'm a day or so late with this story, but I thought I would use it as a lesson of sorts. That lesson? Baseball players are just as petty as your coworkers. All right, let's head to the injured list. According to ESPN, Jacob deGrom remains on track to start Friday night after his MRI that he supposedly wasn't going to have. Probably sloppy reporting on my end, but we soldier on. It showed no damage. His test from yesterday morning came back clean. No problems whatsoever, the Mets manager said, later adding, we got the answers we were hoping for. DeGrom threw a 30-pitch bullpen session yesterday. He is lined up to come off the injured list and start the opener of a weekend series against Milwaukee at City Field. DeGrom and the club said his elbow trouble likely was a result of altering his routine during the recent bout of strep throat. Only way I can see that connection is if he slammed his elbow on the table due to the violent nature of a cough. But what do I know? He's getting paid millions. Say what you want. Bleacher Report writes, The Boston Red Sox will be without pitcher Nathan Eovaldi for a significant amount of time after he reportedly has been scheduled for elbow surgery Tuesday. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reported that the right-hander will undergo surgery to remove loose bodies in his elbow, which I discussed yesterday as well. While Eovaldi underwent a similar surgery during the 2018 campaign, when he was a member of the Tampa Bay Rays and missed two months, he returned in time to pitch for the Red Sox down the stretch and in the World Series after they acquired him via a trade. He is going to be out four to six weeks. Now, since he's had this surgery last year involving the same thing, loose bodies, I wonder if his body is prone to this. Is it going to be a reoccurring injury? For example, my shoulder recoveries have not gone so well because the doctors say I have a very aggressive immune system and it produces more internal adhesions or scar tissue than the average person, so it's very difficult for me to regain full mobility without any surgical manipulation. Hopefully, that's not the case for Eovaldi. Sporting News reports Cardinals right-hander Michael Walkup, Waka, Waka. who last week got his first win of 2019, has been placed on the 10-day injured list with tendonitis in his left knee. The move is retroactive to April 19th, two days after Waka went six innings, giving up two earned runs on five hits and a 6-3 victory over the Brewers. Waka was set to start Tuesday, the Cardinals' fifth consecutive day with the game, so no starter would be ready on normal rest. The Colorado Rockies placed left-handed pitcher Kyle Freeland on the 10-day injured list on Monday with the blister on his left middle finger. Freeland, who is 2-3, and three, threw six scoreless innings last Thursday against the Phillies, but left after 85 pitches because the blister started forming on his finger. The Rockies reinstated lefty Tyler Anderson, who had knee inflammation from the 10-day injured list, and he will start Monday's game against the Nationals. According to ESPN, one innocent-looking pitch to Arizona's Jared Dyson on Monday night likely signaled another abrupt turn in Nick Birdie's roller coaster career and the Diamondbacks' 12-4 comeback victory. The 26-year-old threw a 96-mile-per-hour fastball to Dyson in the eighth inning, then crumbled to the ground 
before clutching his right arm while tears filled his eyes. He wept while teammates tried to console him on the ground. Speaking of Birdie's reaction, Pirates uh, manager Clint Hurdle said, it takes the breath right out of you. Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavulo also commented on the incident. It's awful. We're competitors up until something like that happens. We're all in the same family. You hate to see anything like that happen. The way he went down, you're just hoping for the absolute best. Now, you would want to call this a freak accident, but I think it's more along the lines of an undetected inevitability, something that makes sense, but no one saw it coming. There was a shortstop named uh, Jason Williams in my adult league that I'm a commissioner of. He plays for the Pine Riders. He threw a ball home as the cutoff man and immediately fell to one knee holding his arm. X-rays showed that he had a clean break in his ulna. Apparently, there was a small fracture that didn't have any symptoms like weakness or pain, but was going to give way at any moment, and that throw home was that moment. Pirate starter Joe Musgrave gave an update on Birdie's spirits. He's in good spirits. He's engaging. He's talking to us. He's not in a corner crying. He's ready to face whatever it is. He's got the work ethic and the mentality to bounce back from something like this. All right, quick takes. NBC Sports reports Rockies third baseman Nolan Arenado entered last night's game against the Nationals sitting on 997 hits for his career, spanning seven seasons. Arenado hit an RBI double in the first inning, grounded out in the third, doubled again to lead off the fifth, then hit a solo home run to lead off the seventh, breaking a 5-5 tie. That homer represented the 1,000th career hit for Arenado. He would later secure the win with an impressive, unassisted double play. The Yankees announced Monday that they've signed veteran infielder Brad Miller to a minor league contract. Miller performed well enough during his short stint with the Indians while Kipnis recovered from surgery, but he isn't a very solid defender. However, he does have experience all over the infield, which gives the Yankees flexibility and options, which they are most certainly running out of. On April 22nd at 12 noon, Bob Nightingale tweeted, The Toronto Blue Jays, fresh off a three-game sweep over the Oakland Athletics, should have all of Canada buzzing when they are expected to call up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on Tuesday when they play the San Francisco Giants in Toronto. All that remains is the official announcement. On April 22nd, the same day, at 1.34 p.m., about 94 minutes later, he tweets again, The Blue Jays are awfully close to promoting Vlad Guerrero Jr., but are not bringing him up Tuesday to debut against the San Francisco Giants in Toronto. The wait continues. The baseball world is still scratching its collective head, wondering what the issue is. What lessons does he need to learn at the minor league level that he wouldn't learn in the majors, perhaps even quicker? It's sad that Vlad Jr. is at the mercy of the Blue Jays and can't do a single thing about it. Now, I haven't really talked about it as much as everyone else because it's an ongoing story, but Christian Yelich, along with Bellinger, obviously, is having an outstanding first month of baseball. According to NBC Sports, Brewers outfielder Christian Yelich entered yesterday's series opener against the Cards, leading the league with 13 home runs and 31 RBI in 23 games to start the 2019 season. With eight games remaining in the month, it appears that Yelich will end up with the best March-April of all time, depending on what stats you value. According to NFL.com, in a video tweeted out by the New England Patriots on Wednesday, Gronkowski is seen showcasing his best batting stance with the Lombardi Trophy during the Red Sox opening day last week. As receiver Julian Edelman delivers a pitch, Gronk squares up for a bunt and clank. Hilarity ensues, and the Lombardi has itself a dent. You knew something was going to go wrong when you hand out the six Lombardi trophies, defensive back Jason McCourtney said, especially one to Rob Gronkowski with idle time. This is what happens when you let stupid athletes play the thinking man's game. According to the Star Tribune, Byron Buxton kneeled over second base in disbelief. He looked at umpire Ed Hickox, who had made the call. He looked at Carlos Carrera, who had applied the tag. He stayed there for 30 seconds, waiting for the Twins video review to tell him it wasn't true. It couldn't be true, but it was. 
Buxton jogged back to the Twins' dugout, caught stealing for the first time in nearly two years. His franchise record streak of 33 straight successful steal attempts finally finished. And finally, Orioles. I seemingly always find a way to fit them uh, into the podcast. Their catcher, Jesus Sucre, pitched a 1-2-3 top of the ninth inning in Baltimore last night in a 12-2 loss to the White Sox. The White Sox. The White Sox. Sucre's hardest pitch last night was 69.3 miles per hour, and his softest was 53.6. It was what he labeled a curveball, which means 69.3 miles per hour was his fastball. It's almost like he just constantly threw EFIS pitches. If you don't throw hard, it's going to be hard for the hitters, he said. His pitching performance resulted in two soft ground balls and a high pop fly to right field. The Orioles, who have already sent utility man Hanser Alberto and first baseman Chris Davis to the Hill this year, are the only team that has used multiple position players to pitch. The Orioles continue to stand out and are in a league of their own. That's all I've got for you today. This has been Tuesday's edition of On the Hop News. And don't forget, baseball is where we live. Life is just a place where we spend time between games. Talk with you tomorrow.